morning. We want to welcome you to this service uh, from Unity Baptist Church, and we want to thank each and every one of you for joining us, and uh, we thank the Lord for giving us the, the place to meet today and for all those that have come out. Uh, and we want to also thank everyone that's watching on uh, live stream and going to be listening later. And we really pray this service will be a blessing to you. And uh, the weather today is uh, not ideal. Uh, the wind's blowing, it's cold. And I thought about just canceling this and having it inside. Uh, but the Lord convicted me. And, and he said, you've stood out there in the rain and the cold and watched a ball game for three hours. So you can stand out there and preach for three hours. No, I'm just kidding, not three hours. For, for, I got some of you. We just had two heart attacks in the park. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so let's pray, though. Uh, pray for this service. And if you're at home watching, I want to encourage you to turn the TV off and, 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 and mute all the games and listen uh, to the Word of God and these good songs and let it be a blessing to you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. Lord, I do thank you for allowing me to stand here before these people and Lord, and, and share the love of Jesus Christ. And I pray today that you would help us. I pray you would bless this service. And Lord, how we long, Lord, to be back in the sanctuary and to be back in the house of God. But Lord, we know that, you, Lord, this is bigger than a church building, Lord, and that, you're, that you are doing a work even in these trying times. And I pray, God, that if there's one watching today that's lost and they don't know you as their Savior, I pray, Lord, that you would use this service, Lord, to convict their heart and to show them, Lord, your Son, and that He'll save them from their sins. Lord, we pray you bless and help, and Lord, give us strength that we need. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Elijah is going to come and lead us in a couple of songs. So I know that you're in your car, and, and we can't hear it, but let's sing. The Bible says, sing in the Lord. And sing in the Lord, bless His name. Psalms 96 and verse 2. So let's sing unto the Lord this morning and give Him the worship He deserves. What page, brother? They don't have a book, so... Uh, at the cross. At the cross. We're going to sing at the cross.
page number 177, Are You Washed in the Blood? washed us from our sins in his own blood and I'm thankful this morning for that aren't you and I'm thankful there's still a fountain filled with blood this morning drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood can lose all their guilty stains and you know my heart's uh, desire for all this is that there's going to be people that may come to know the Lord Jesus Christ who never would have if it hadn't been for this this whole um, pandemic we've dealt with the ladies are going to sing one song and if you do have your Bible at home or in your car you can turn to the book of 2 Corinthians this morning, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, and that's where we're going to be preaching from. So pray for my wife, Miss Kim, and Miss Chris. They're going to sing, and uh, pray the Lord would help them. Go ahead, ladies.
Corinthians chapter number 8, and uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, and verse number 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might, might be rich. I'm going to read it one more time. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Let's pray. Father, one more time I ask you to help me. Lord, as I stand here before these people that have assembled today and before the ones that are watching, Lord, via Facebook and the internet, I pray God you'd help me. Lord, I pray that you would touch me with your strong hand. Fill me with thy Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would give me wisdom, Lord. And I pray the truth of God might go through these lips of clay. Lord, I pray today that you would give us the strength that we stand in need of. And help us, Lord, to preach as a dying man to dying men and women. Lord, we know that it's appointed unto man once to die. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be prepared. Lord, to make preparations today before it's eternally too late. Father, I love you, and I thank you for this chance, this opportunity to preach. Help me not to waste it, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. This morning, I want us to look in verse number 9 of the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. And there's a phrase that's been on my heart, and this is not going to be a, a fancy sermon or a a fancy title, but 
I want to say this morning that the message we're going to preach, you'll never hear a greater message, not because of who's preaching it, but because of what's going to be preached. The Bible says, For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning, I, I want to preach on that phrase, Our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of names given for Jesus in the Bible. In the Old Testament, in the book of Deuteronomy, we learn he's a prophet. When you go on and you uh, begin to study through the Old Testament, you find there's different names. Isaiah said his name would be Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. The Bible says his name in Isaiah would be called Emmanuel. Uh, we know he's called Jesus. He's called the Lord Jesus. He's called Christ. He's called the Lord Jesus Christ. He's called Christ. There's many names that we could give him. But the official name or the official title that, that God's given him is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what I'd like to preach on this morning is the our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we read that title, I thought about this this morning, in that phrase, our Lord Jesus Christ, we see, number one, we see his people. He said, our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thankful today that he's mine, aren't you? I'm glad that I don't have to say he's your Lord Jesus Christ or he's their Lord Jesus Christ, but I'm glad I can say with the Apostle Paul, he's our Lord Jesus Christ. And what a blessing it is to be one of his. I'm glad today that no matter what we might lose in this life, that if we're His and He's ours, that we'll never lose that relationship with Him. The Bible says in Psalms 100 and verse 3, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. David said in Psalms 23 and verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd. I'm glad that in uncertain times and in uncertain days, that I have a Lord Jesus Christ that watches out for me. And listen this morning, the good news is that if He's not your Lord and Savior, He can be yours today. The people, His people. And then the Bible says the Lord. He is Lord. That's His position. He's in control. Did you know that? Uh, did you know that you can't make Him Lord? He's always been Lord. The Bible said in Acts chapter 2 that God hath made him both Christ and Lord. He's Lord. He's still on the throne. He's got a royal and a high position. Uh, the Lord, that speaks of his control. Aren't you glad today uh, that I'm not in control and you're not in control? But I'm glad the Lord is. Then it says the Lord Jesus. The word Jesus, it speaks of his pardon. He's our Savior. Amen. He's our Savior. Uh, Matthew said, Matthew 1, And his name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save them from his sins. He shall save his people from their sins. Uh, Luke 19 and 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, John 12, 47, If any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. John 3, 17 says, For God sent not His Son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. So the name Lord speaks of His position. The name Jesus speaks of His pardon. I'm glad that Jesus saves. Amen. 
I, I mean, listen, I love that old song. Uh, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. I'm thankful that he saved me, and I'm thankful that he'll save you. His name's Jesus. But then he said, the Lord Jesus Christ. That speaks of his power. That word Christ, it means the anointed one, the Messiah, the King. I understand that in the world that we live, that there are some that think that they have power, that they're in control, and they, they, they feel like that uh, they have some uh, prestigious position. But I want you to know this morning that nobody in this world has real power. The real power today is in heaven, and his name's Jesus Christ. So quickly, I, I want us to look here in 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to give you three or four little things, and we'll be along our way. And yes, that is my coon dog back there. Amen to me while I preach. And when I get done, I'm going to give him some bacon gravy on his dog food for doing that. Amen. And, uh, you know, our beggars can't be choosers. And I appreciate Bo back there helping me out while I'm preaching. So quickly this morning, uh, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, there's some things I never thought I'd say in church, and that's one of them. But in verse number 9, the Bible says, For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, that though he was rich. And the first thing in this verse I see is the great riches of Christ. The Bible says he was rich. You know, there's a lot of people that they want you to think they're rich, but they're not really rich. There's a lot of people that, that pretend to be rich, but they're not really rich. Did you know this morning that if you took the richest men and women that are alive on the earth today, and you took all of their wealth and all of their possessions and all of everything they have, their companies and their assets and their bank accounts and their gold and, and all of their possessions, their cars and their houses and all of their land, and you piled it all together, they'd all be beggars compared to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says he was rich. You say, how rich was he? Well... The city he came from used gold for pavement, jasper to cement the walls, pearls to make its gates, and gems to stud the foundations. He was rich. He was rich. How rich was he? Uh, the galaxies of the universe were at his disposal. The Bible says in Haggai 2.8, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord. Exodus 19.5 says, For all the earth is mine. Psalms 50 and verse 10, it says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. The Bible says he was rich. And when the Bible says you're rich, guess what? You're rich. Amen. And listen, this morning, I don't believe anybody here on this uh, parking lot today, would anybody think us to be rich? I don't believe anybody would consider us to be rich and to be powerful. But I'm glad it's not about us this morning. It's about our Lord Jesus Christ. And he was rich. You say, how rich was he? Uh, well, in the heavens where he was, uh, the angels were like ministers of fire uh, that stood at his, at his bidden call. In heaven, the angels fly around the throne. Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 6 that he looked and he saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. And he said he saw the seraphims flying around the throne, shine holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. He was rich. He was rich. You know, Solomon, 
was considered the richest man on earth. In Solomon's day, his, he, Solomon made silver to be something common. Solomon uh, built the temple and the palace, and, and, and it was so elaborate and so magnificent that people come up from all over the world. The queen of Sheba uh, showed up one day and looked at it, and she said, the half has not been told. Uh, she stood back and was amazed at how beautiful it was and how elaborate it was and how extravagant it was. But I want to remind you, Jesus said, a greater than Solomon is here. And I'm glad this morning that, that we've got a rich Savior who the Bible says he's rich in mercy and rich in grace and, and rich in love and he's rich in, in pardon and rich in long-suffering and the Bible says he was rich, the great richness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our great Savior, our Lord, his great riches. But then the Bible says that he was rich, yet for, yet for our, your sakes. Yet for your sakes. You say, Brother James, why, what, why, why are you preaching on our Lord Jesus Christ? Because, listen, there's no better message to preach than the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, I, I've got news for everyone that's here and everyone that's watching. You need to look unto Jesus. That's where you need to look this morning. I mean, listen, you can watch the news and you can watch the updates and you can read the articles. I've had half a dozen people this morning, not here, not church, many different people sending me articles, what this doctor said and what that doctor said and what this person's done and what that person's done. I, I, I want you to know this morning that my headquarters are not on earth. They're in heaven this morning. And, and, and our Lord Jesus Christ, he's got great riches this morning. But we see the great riches of Christ. He says, for your sakes. For your sakes. What was the great reason for Christ coming? What was his reason? It was us. You see, he didn't come here for himself. He came for us. That was why he came. Oh, listen, this morning Jesus could have stayed in heaven and stayed on the throne for all eternity. He would have been just in doing so. Nobody could have accused him of doing wrong by staying in heaven and staying on the throne. But I'm thankful that for my sakes and for your sakes, he was willing to lay down his robes of glory and condescend down into time and to live and to die for us. Why? What was the reason for Christ? It was for our sakes. Did you know Jesus never performed a miracle for himself? Everything he did and everything he said was for the benefit of somebody else. And I'm going to say to the church, the woes that are saved this morning, the, the, the people of God, if there's ever been a time where we need to live for others and sacrifice for others and be kind to others and, and do for others, it's now. You see, if Jesus could do that for us, then how come we can't do that for somebody else? The reason Romans 5, 8, the Bible says that God committed His love towards us and that while we yet sinners, Christ died for us. You say, why did Jesus come? He did not come to be famous. He was already famous. Did you know that? He did not come to be loved and adored. He was already loved and adored. He did not come to be remembered because He was the Ancient of Days and He would always be remembered. He came for you and He came for me. Romans 8.32 says he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. 
1 Corinthians 5, 7, For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteous of God in him. Why did Jesus come? He came for us. He says, For your sakes he became poor. For your sakes he left heaven. For your sakes he was despised and rejected of men. Isaiah 4, 53 and 4, that says, Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all, the great reason of Christ. Why? Why did he come? He came so he could die for you and I. The Bible says here that he was rich. Yet for your sakes, he became poor. He became poor. So we see the great reproach of Christ, his poverty. Just as it's impossible for one to describe how rich he was, it's impossible for us to describe how poor he became. You see, the Bible says that we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And did you know this morning that the poorest person on the earth is still richer than Jesus was when he came? The reproach of Christ. The Bible said in Philippians 2, 7, but he made himself a no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant. Luke 9, 58 said, And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Did you know that people fear poverty more than they fear death? Yeah. There's some people that would rather die than be poor. Hey man, I don't have that problem. I'm kind of used to it by now. But did you know that Jesus willingly chose to become poor for you and for me? The reproach of Christ. The reproach of Christ. Do you know how poor Jesus was? Listen to this. Now you think you've got debt. Think about this. He took upon him the debt of all mankind. That's how poor he was. You see, those Old Testament offerings, they, couldn't, they could not do away with sin. All they could do was cover sin for another year. And every year at the atonement, all that was, it was a reminder. The Bible says in Hebrews that in those sacrifices, there was remembrance of sin. And what it was is every year, they were reminded that they still owed for last year's sin and the year before that sin. And all that did was rolled it forward and rolled it forward and rolled it forward. But did you know Jesus took upon him the debt of all mankind? That's how poor he was. That's how poor he was. Did you know the only thing he owned in the end was his robe? And he gave that. He gave that up for you and me. Did you know he borrowed a stable to be born in? He borrowed a boy's lunch to feed the 5,000. He borrowed a penny to prove his critics wrong. He borrowed Peter's boat to go teach and to preach from the shores of the, sea, of the lake. He borrowed a donkey to ride into Jerusalem. He borrowed a room to have the last supper. He borrowed a cross to die on. And he borrowed a tomb to be buried in. 
Yeah, poor. Oh, you say, but Brother James, you just don't know. You're, you don't know uh, how poor I am. Listen, I don't have to know how poor you are. Jesus understands because for your sakes, he became poor. How poor did he become? He poured himself out. He emptied himself out, the Bible says, in Philippians chapter 2. And he came down to earth and was born to a poor mother and lived in a poor house and died a poor, poor man. He became poor. There's many that have been rich and became poor. There's a lot of them. And, but I don't know of anyone that ever willingly was rich and became poor. But that was Christ. That was our Lord Jesus Christ. So in verse number 9, and I'm done, we've seen the great riches of Christ, the great reason of Christ, the great reproach of Christ. But verse number 9, the Bible says that ye, through his poverty, might be rich. The great redemption of Christ. You say, Brother James, the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, why, why would you preach about because of his great riches, because of his great reason, because of his great uh, reproach? But I want you to know this this morning. The fact that he was rich and the fact that he became poor and the fact that he didn't, listen, all that would not matter if he had not done it and made it available for me. You see, that's the great redemption of Christ. Here's the great redemption of Christ. That because he was rich and became poor, you can be rich as well. And I'm not preaching a health and wealth. I'm not talking about fancy cars and limousines and Cadillacs and fancy clothes and big houses. But I'm talking about something a whole lot more. The riches that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, he took on a sin debt so he could pay our sin debt. He gave up everything so I could have everything. He took my sin so I could be made righteous. He left his home so we could have it. He died so we could live. He came down so we could go up. He endured the cross so we could wear a crown. He laid down his robe so we could put one on. That's the redemption of Christ. The redemption of Christ. The Bible says for those that are saved that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That means, listen, that means that because of the cross, because of our salvation, that everything that's been given to the Son has been given to us. And you say, you say, what all's been given to the Son? Everything. Everything. And this morning, I just want to say publicly here, oh, and listen, I want you to know, I want you all to know that are here in this parking lot, Oh, I, I don't know about you, but I, but I long, I, I long to be able to go back in our church and open those doors and sing and, and rejoice and pray and, and worship the Lord. But I'm glad that I have somebody with me this morning, and his name's the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, we can lose everything, but if we have him, we're still rich today. You see, people can take your freedom. Amen. They can take your finances. They can take everything you have. 
but they cannot take away our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for allowing us to preach. And Father, we pray now that those that are watching and those that are here listening, if there's anyone here that's never been saved, I pray today, Father, that they come to know your Son as their Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I bless your name, and I thank you for your goodness and mercy. May you go with us. May you help us. May you bring us back again soon. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.